Amen. Thank you, Stan. Such a beautiful song with a great message, and thank you for doing such a great job with it. Because of who you are. And that is so true, isn't it? We should worship the Lord just because of who He is. We focus so much on, well, what has He done for me lately? What has He done? And we should praise Him for those things, too. But He's worthy of all of our devotion and worship just because of who He is. And that is so true to who Christ is. Well, let's open the Bible to Luke chapter 1 tonight. Luke chapter 1, we're going to be looking at different, we're going to be kind of looking at the Christmas story from different vantage points over these weeks. Uh, It's such a familiar story, and yet with things that are so familiar, sometimes you can miss some things uh, because you just are so used to the, the characters and the overall story itself, you can miss some really important things. And so we're going to try to hit it from different angles and see what God tells us. Tonight, thinking about ordinary people. These people that are the central characters in the Christmas story, uh, have, they're not ordinary to us because they are you know, they're, they're huge figures in the history of the church and the Christian faith and the work of God. But at the time God chose them, they were a very ordinary people. And that should be a great encouragement to you and me. Because God can use people who have limitations, people who uh, are not the ones that you know, would be picked out of a crowd necessarily. In fact, God has a history of doing that, doesn't he? Go all the way back to the Old Testament, all through the story of God's work with people, you see him doing this very thing. And so tonight, let me read these verses, and we're going to take a look at the people that God used in this Christmas story. Ordinary people. Look at Luke 1, beginning at verse 26. Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph, of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I do not know a man? And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. 
Therefore also that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now indeed Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age, and this is now the sixth month for her who was called barren. For with God nothing will be impossible. Then Mary said, Behold the maidservant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. This is one of the things that stands out in the midst of this very familiar Christmas story. And that is how God chose very ordinary people to be part of something very extraordinary and how he used them in a mighty and powerful way we learn some very important things about the people that God chooses who are the people that God chooses those who are obedient to him those who have a habit of saying yes those who have a pure heart those who just might be willing to take the Lord at his word. I think most of the time those are the people that God chooses. How does God weigh hearts in such a way that Mary found favor? She was just a young girl. In that day, you know, many believe she may have been 14, 15 years old. It wouldn't have been uncommon. And yet, here's the angel coming to her and saying, you have found favor with God. Now, she was to begin to think, well, I'm not sure this is favor, you know, what, I, what I'm about to have to go through here. But that's another thing about when God calls you and chooses you to do something for him. It may be a wonderful and mighty and powerful work, but it also may be very painful. It may be very difficult. And that's certainly what it was for Mary and for Joseph. The first thing that stands out to me, God looks for people who are available to him. People with open hearts. Now, that doesn't mean it's people who are necessarily even thinking that I'm someone that God is going to use. They may be people who feel like there's no way God could use me. But they're open to God. They're available to the Lord. They haven't decided that they're only going to do their own thing. And they don't care if God or whoever has something else in mind. They're not going to do it. There are people like that, you know. They've decided what life is going to be like for them. Now, God can intervene and interrupt in that life, too. But often God uses people who are available to him. It's so easy to have our own plans. You know, Mary had her plans. Even though she was a young, a young girl, she was going to marry Joseph. She was already betrothed to him, which was a big commitment. And uh, it was going to lead to marriage. They were already considered to be a husband and wife, but they had not had a, any kind of sexual union until they were actually married. But she had planned to be Joseph's wife, to raise a family. She was probably going to take care of her home, but God interrupted her. She had no idea what was coming. God has a habit of interrupting people. And it's those interruptions where God is at work. 
God interrupted the life of Noah, didn't he? Think back to Noah. Of all things, he asked him to build a boat on dry land. Everybody laughed at him. Everybody mocked him. But that's what God wanted him to do. And he was willing to do it. God interrupted Abraham. Asked him to pack up and set out and leave the country of comfort that he knew to a place he didn't even know where he was going when he set out. God interrupted Moses. He was out tending his father-in-law's sheep in Midian. He had left Egypt. He didn't think he'd ever go back. In fact, he couldn't go back, he thought. But then God came to him and said, you're going back. And he was not exactly the most exuberant participant in that. But he did go, didn't he? And God used him. Sitting at the tax tables, counting the, the money, was Matthew, the tax collector. Do you think he ever thought he would end up in the service of God? But Jesus came his way and interrupted him. And everything changed. He said, come, follow me. And Matthew, he did it. He left everything and he followed him. And then there was Saul, Saul of Tarsus, on the road to Damascus to persecute Christians to arrest them, perhaps even to take them to their death. He was very zealous at what he did. He was, a, he was a bright light for those who were against this new movement. And then he saw a bright light, didn't he? And it was the Lord himself. He interrupted him, interrupted all of his plans, interrupted what he thought his whole life was going to be about. Most of life amounts to how we respond to unplanned events and to interruptions. That's what most of life is. Have you ever had this thought in your mind? Okay, I've, I'm past this crisis, and now things are pretty good here, and I am going to have smooth sailing. Have you ever had that thought in your mind? If I can just get past this, then everything will be okay. And you get past this, and there's another this, another unplanned event. Life goes from one unplanned event to another. And often, it's in those unplanned events where God is working and will use us if we are available to him. Sometimes we recoil so much from the interruption that we, that we think that that's interrupting the plan of God but often that is the plan of God or at least it's something he can take and use in his plan to mold us and shape us and make us into what he wants us to be and accomplish his ultimate plan he promises to do that that he can take everything work it for good even things that aren't good to bring about his ultimate purpose and so, be someone who's available to God. Even if you have been disappointed. Even if things haven't gone as you had planned or hoped. Look for where God is at work. See how you can join Him. And God often then 
comes our way. He calls us. He moves us in His direction. And here was Mary, not expecting anything like this. But God made her someone highly favored. God looks for people who are willing to trust Him. And who will risk everything. People who are willing to trust Him. That's the second thing to notice here about Mary in particular. Is that she was a person who was shocked at what the angel said. She even said, how in the world can this be? It didn't make any sense to her. But once the explanation came, once the assurance was there, this is what God wants you to do. She said, okay. I'm paraphrasing. She said what? She said, let it be unto me. Whatever you want, Lord. Whatever you want. She trusted God. She didn't understand it. But she trusted him. A poet, I think it was John Greenleaf Whittiers, once said, Of all the sad words of tongue or pen, the saddest are these. It might have been. It might have been. Will you always wonder what would have happened if you had just done whatever that was that God was urging you to do? If you had been willing to, to step out of your comfort zone and do that work that God set before you. You don't have to wonder what if. You can, you can do it. You can trust Him. You can let God lead you. You can risk. Mary risked everything here. Her reputation was going to be in tatters. She would spend nine months of humiliation. Or at least a good five or six months of humiliation once the word got out she was expecting everybody would have thought the absolute worst of her what other possible explanation could there have been she knew the truth joseph would come to know the truth god would let him know but everybody else would have thought the worst but god knew the truth too but she was going to go through great humiliation she risked everything but she was willing to do. She said, let it be unto me according to your word. Behold the maidservant of the Lord. What an attitude. She was willing to trust God and to do what he was calling her to do. We need to be like that. God will use people who are willing to trust him and who are willing to to be led out of their comfort zone and into the place that God wants to lead us to, where he wants us to work. All of the other people mentioned before, from Noah to Abraham to Moses, on and on. You can remember these great examples of faith, people who trusted God and were willing to do what the Lord led them to do. They weren't perfect. Sometimes they, they, they messed up. Sometimes they didn't have that perfect faith, but they moved in the right direction. And God used them step by step. Now think about Mary here. Mary went to see Elizabeth. And what a contrast. Elizabeth, what great celebration. She had been barren, and now 
this miraculous thing was happening. She was going to have a child. Everybody was just thrilled for her. And just imagine what the contrast would have been for Mary. Everybody thinking that something wrong had taken place. That she had done something she shouldn't have done along with Joseph. And so that contrast was there all through as she moved toward the moment that she would give birth to our Savior, Jesus Christ. Everyone rejoicing with Elizabeth, but Mary not being able to be so public about her pregnancy. And I wonder how many times Mary went over those words that the angel had said to her that this child would be the Son of God. She held on to that, I'm sure, not even fully understanding it. But she went forward day by day doing what God had asked her to do. And then God looks for people who will submit to his purpose. Verse 38, Mary saying, Behold the maidservant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. She was submissive. She submitted to what God wanted. We need to, in the end, be willing to submit to God. Whether we understand it or not, whatever we face, God is going to be faithful to do what is best, to do what is right, and we can trust Him. The explanation came how she would be with child, and it was going to be this miraculous virgin birth. You kind of get the feeling the that God wanted the emphasis to be on the fact that she was a virgin, right? It's, it repeats that word multiple times. And that's because this would be a miraculous birth. And that Jesus would be both fully God and fully man in the same person. So that he could accomplish this great purpose and plan of God. To be our Savior. To die for our sins. And to have the power through that death to put to death the power of sin and Satan and death for all time. For all who will believe in him. And so the words of the angel, for with God nothing will be impossible. Not the uh, birth of John the Baptist that would come. Not the birth of Jesus born of a virgin and not the salvation of the world. Our salvation. It's not impossible with God. Everything was possible with Him. God does not act in a haphazard way. His ways, His choices, they all have a purpose. They all are moving toward His overarching plan. And God had His eye on Mary and He chose her because she was the kind of person that he wanted to use you and I need to see ourselves not as sitting on the sidelines watching people that God has chosen to use but I hope you see your life as a life that God has chosen he has chosen you if you're a believer in Jesus Christ you're a believer because he has chosen you and he has revealed himself to you and because of that you have given your life to Him. No one can come 
No one can come to faith unless the Holy Spirit draws that person and you respond to the work of God in your life. And so you are a follower of Christ because God has a purpose and a plan. Now I think God will, he will save anyone who comes to him. The means of salvation is predetermined. It's only through Jesus. And the Holy Spirit tries to draw all men unto himself. But only when you're willing to be open and available. Open your heart to Jesus. And give your life to him. Is that gift applied in your life. The work that Jesus did. And makes available to all people. And then as a Christian. To be available to him. Whatever he wants from day to day. I see that in your lives. And it's a joy to see you willing to do whatever the Lord sets before you to do. Be a person that God can use. He uses ordinary people. You don't have to be something extraordinary in your own strength. The truth is, is anybody really extraordinary in their own strength? Without God's help, we can never be what God wants us to be. But with Him, and with us being available to Him, God can use you, and he can use me. One writer reminds us, we picture Mary holding the baby, but do we ever picture her standing at Calvary, looking at her son on the cross? Can you imagine the mother who cried over a bruised knee on her sweet son, now seeing him with all the pain and all the sin and all the agony of the world cast upon him, unjustly cast upon his shoulders. Yes, Mary was called. She was favored. But she also was called to hurt. We don't know what our service will bring as we serve the Lord. It will bring a lot of, of positive and, and uplifting moments but it also will bring some hurt. And some people, they close themselves off to God and His church and to service because they're afraid of the hurt. We must not be afraid of the hurt because when that hurt comes, it's because we're doing what the Lord has set before us to do. And it pales in comparison to knowing that we have been faithful and knowing that the ultimate plan of God is so much bigger than any pain or difficulty that we can ever experience. So let's be like Mary and just say, without even fully understanding everything, behold the servant of the Lord. Let it be unto me according to your word. Ordinary people, in the hands of an extraordinary God. Would you pray with me? We thank you, Lord, for this example that, that Mary set. Just a simple young girl, and yet you knew her heart. And we thank you that you know our hearts. And Lord, we pray that you'll help us to be willing and open and available to you whatever you have for us in the days that we remain upon this earth. 
And we look forward to serving you for eternity, however you want us to serve in your presence. And until that day comes, Lord, help us to be faithful here. We thank you for using us. And we look forward to what you're going to do in the days and years to come. We ask your blessings now on this time of invitation. And may we commit to you, Lord, to be open to your leadership, to be available to you, and to have an attitude willing to say, Lord, whatever you want, that's what I want to do. For we make this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand and sing our hymn of invitation. I'll be standing up.